is Sue and welcome to another of our Learn with Sue Walk and Talk podcasts. And this, as you know, is the place where we walk and talk about the science of emotions, positive psychology and neuroscience to help us be the best we can be. And today I am joined by another fabulous frolique, friend and colleague, uh, the fabulous Scott Nell. And we are going to be talking about all things linked to well-being and flourishing in his world. So, Scott, welcome. Hello, Sue. Frolig. I've not heard that one. And did you know that's called a portmanteau? Well, and why is it called a portmanteau? A portmanteau is, is when you grab two words and you squish them together and you make a new fun word. So, so frolig. Well, you know, I'm very happy to have you as a frolig. <laughs> So, as you know, you've been in this sort of space for a while around emotions and positive psychology, and people are probably going to know, want to know a little bit about you. But I want to know, my overarching question is, what do you do to flourish on a regular basis? Oh, what do I do to flourish on a regular basis? Well, lots of things is, is the answer and many, uh, many varied things. Um, I'm, I'm a kind of person who likes variety. And, and I like to mix things up. And uh, gosh, and it just then something popped into my head at the moment, as you said that, it's like variety is the spice of life, you know? And, I, and I, I've always resonated with some of the old sayings that are out there and actually their meaning and relevance to today and, and well-being. So, so for me, for personally, is I like to do lots of different things and I like to challenge myself all the time uh, and, and, and push myself out of my, of my comfort zone. So whenever I sort of feel like I'm, I, I, I'm, my energy is waning, I'll get up and I'll just do something different. Uh, and uh, so that's, that's kind of what I do. I have my, my regular routines uh, and I have my regular things that I just love to do, like playing with Sassy, my dog, you know, playing fetches with her. And, you know, she energises me looking into the, her eyes and, you know, getting the oxytocin hit, you know, from another sentient being, all that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, I, I, I've got something that you taught me, Sue, many, many years ago, uh, back in 2014, uh, my to-do list, yeah, which is, you know, all the things I just love to do. And I try and do as many of them as I can on a daily basis. Yeah, so thinking about that then, I think it's useful to know, yeah, we have known each other pretty much since 2014. Mm. And obviously your, your life has changed quite a bit since then. You were um, in a particular uh, corporate role for a global organisation and that role then sort of changed many times. So if you think about it, because I, I know you're very up on the sort of the science and knowledge, etc. now, but if you think about sort of um, 2014 when I first met you, how have you found sort of building the the science the knowledge the evidence into your work and your personal life yeah it, it was about suddenly having those aha moments and about having the science suddenly make sense for the application into my personal life i come from a science background anyway so i've got a degree in in science in biology and and basically human physiology and uh, geology as well that's been absolutely no use to me whatsoever, <laughs> whatsoever. but you know um uh, yeah so for, for me i have a scientific brain and so when i started this journey in positive psychology and understanding the neuroscience understanding the biochemistry that sat behind a lot of the stuff we talk about with well-being i had those 
oh, of course, moments. You know, this yeah. makes sense. And suddenly then I had this real sense of clarity about how it could be applied in the workplace. So when when you when I first met you, I was in a an organizational development role, and and I suddenly went, you know, we're trying to do all this leadership um, training, but we're missing the mark. We're teaching process. We're teaching this is how you do a a coaching conversation. This is how you give feedback. But what we were missing was all of the connective tissue that made it make sense from a human point of view. So it doesn't matter what model you use for coaching. It doesn't matter what model you use for feedback, as long as you are regarding the way that the brain works. And as long as you're taking into account the emotions of the, the person uh, that you're having that conversation with and your own emotions at the time, well then, you know, great. You know? So for, for me, it's the connective tissue um, that just suddenly made sense when I started to study, you know, positive psychology. Um, so that was from a work perspective, and, and and from a personal perspective. Oh, look, it was just, it was just a, the, it was the start of many many fun adventures. <laughs> well, I'm going to come to the fun adventures in a moment. Um, I want to come, I want to go stick to the professional for for a little while because yeah. a lot of people listening are in that corporate space. They're interested in well-being or helping other people, or maybe like you in an OD or an LD or an HR type role. Yeah. Um, when you think about those sorts of things and you first wanted to sort of bring the whole positive psychology in, can you just sort of share with people a little bit about your journey of sort of your knowledge and then where you sort of took it to try and build it into a corporate setting? So at first it was really challenging. Absolutely, because people's perception in the corporate world, I'm not sure, you know, in general, was if you Google positive psychology, you know, you get lots of yellow, happy, smiley faces and just be happy and everything will be okay. So getting over that stereotype was tough. So, um, yeah, I did some some stuff I, I leveraged, uh, I, I had good relationships with our executive, but I, I remember the turning point for that was, uh, at our company, we had this equivalent to what they call the, you know, the dragon's den or, you know, fish tank. Well, what, what the, I think it was the Australian version where you had to pitch an, a wild and crazy idea, you know, and, yeah. and to see, to change the culture of the organization. And it was company wide. And, and I kind of got into the year of some people who were identified as talent in the organization. I said, how about we do positive psychology and not I won't I won't present it as the HR person you present it as the IT leader and we did it that way and so suddenly it got a little bit more credibility and people started to listen and then it was invested in and then we did a pilot and it went from there and suddenly people saw the benefits that were actually coming out of it you know and a lot of the people who were on those initial programs you know then went on to progress through the organization they went on you know to do some really great things um so yeah look i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie it was tough at the start it it, it took it took determination it took persistence um it took a whole lot of my strengths you know to to leverage it and you know, try and influence and convince uh, in a way that didn't seem too over the top or preachy, <laughs> yeah. but it was. Yeah. And I, 
Yeah, I love the fact that you've got other people involved as well, that they're not just thinking, oh, it's from some HR person who's going to talk about that fluffy stuff again, um, but actually really uh, trusting that it could be seen as valuable across various um, viewpoints in the organisation. So I think that's really awesome. And just on that, you said that you sort of then watched what people did with it. And I know I feel very honoured that you and I got to work together for many years running uh, positive leadership programmes in a variety of forms and flourishing programs etc um i'd love to know what sort of if you have any standout examples of what you saw the people that came off that programs what they you saw they did with it because i know that's what gets me out of bed in the morning what i see other people do with it so what was your experience oh gosh there are actually so many of them you know and and most of them actually came from the fact that they would say to me scott this is a program that didn't just helped me to be a better leader it helped me to become a better husband wife partner father mother because it's so applicable just in life in general because we don't stop being a human being when we become a leader or a manager of people you know so it was about reconnecting for them to the absolute basics of 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 you know, of the positive psychology and neuroscience, emotional intelligence, so that, you know, that meant something to them. So I, for, for years afterwards, I would still get people and I'm still connected to people who say that was the best thing that I ever did. You know, that was, that was a turning point for me. And some of them now are CEOs of other companies. Some of them are now, you know, have, you know, no longer with the organization that I was with, but that doesn't matter you know, they're off being the best that they can be and helping to spread this viewpoint of, you know, we can lead in a different way. We can actually really focus on the well-being of people to get the best outcomes, not only for, you know, business, but also for, for individuals. And that's the right thing to do. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, the many, many stories, many stories. So, and obviously during COVID, you know, we've been in this sort of interesting COVID world for two years, you made a big change. And I will preface this by everybody letting everybody know that Scott changed and uh, left his organisation and then came to join us, which I am very happy about at the Langley Group. So just out of interest, how has that shift been? Because a lot of people talk about, you know, the COVID situation and it's made things better for some people, worse for others. How has it been for you sort of making those changes during COVID? Yeah, I've, I've found it um, uh, challenging in a positive way. You know, I, I, I've loved it was it, for me, it was time to spread my wings, you know, and I saw that this uh, as a great opportunity. And I, and I what I what I loved was that I may was able to make a big impact in the organization for which I worked. And now what I wanted is to go, look, I've learned so much over you know, the years and I've had so much experience within this organization you know Sue you and I got to travel the world together and go and do this stuff which was awesome fun um but and I went you know, well what other organizations can I do this you know with and for and actually doing it virtually has been great um it's it's actually allowed me to to reach more people um in in uh in in a way and um and the meaningful connections that we've actually had has been palpable. It really has. So um, I've, I've loved it. Um, uh, there, it's, it's funny, <laughs> running training courses and, and running workshops and facilitating things. 
the bits that I didn't like about it were, you know, oh, I've got to prepare and pack, you know, pack the car and move all this stuff and get everything organized and check the room and do all those sorts of things. And then when it's finished, pack down and talk to, you know, do whatever, all that. Now I just, it's easy. <laughs> I'm loving it. I'm loving it. And it's great because now I just focus on the quality of the interactions that I have with the people and I can really put my brain power towards that. So, um, so COVID, uh, the impact of it, I personally haven't felt it. I saw it as an opportunity to actually go on a new adventure and to do something new and to actually like rise to the challenge. So um, yeah, worked for me. So that's really interesting. I want to pick up on that because it links to a piece of research that came out, I think, February 2021 about some of the things that had contributed to people flourishing through COVID. And I, I remember doing a, a webinar at the time about this, about I think there were eight or nine key things that um, they found across 22 different countries, 22 different studies of if people had flourished, what were they doing? And it's really interesting because you've already mentioned a few of them, probably without even thinking about it. One is courage. Um, one is playing to your strengths. One is a sense of meaning. Then you've got relationships, connection, um, what brings you joy as far as positive emotions, etc. So um, thinking about courage, because you said you saw it as perhaps a new opportunity to sort of step up and grow. And that links to what you said at the beginning is you like to sort of shake things up so how has that played out in your life in general particularly during COVID when we've had to sort of shut down you said from a work perspective but what other ways do you find yourself pushing and stretching yourself and embracing the new oh, look it can be really small or it can be really big it's, it's different so really small is like you know I'll be preparing dinner and I'll look at the recipe and go nah I'm not going to do it that way let's try this flavor combination and it could be just really bizarre. And sometimes it really works and it's fantastic, you know, and I think, wow. But the problem is I can't do it again because I'm terrible at detail and, and actually like, you know, keeping track of what I actually did. Other times, you know, it's just, it's just not edible. So, you know, we, <laughs> <laughs> we just increase the wine, the, the proportion of wine to food and that, that makes it a little more, more palatable. So, so it can be small things like that, or it can be bigger challenges. Like, so in COVID, I went, I'm locked down. I need to do a challenge. So I decided that I would learn to play the piano. So I, I bought a keyboard and I, and I still do that. I do, do stuff every day. Um, and actually, one of the things that I was with my previous manager, um, we were setting performance goals for the year and we often just had little personal ones in there as well. I said, okay, um, what I'm going to do, Pip, is I'm, I'm, I'm going to learn how to play the piano. She's like, righto, cool, let's put that in. And then at the end of the year, at the performance review discussion, um, what I did uh, was I did a recital for, <laughs> for <laughs> I played and I sang. It may not have been the best thing in the world, but gosh, it was fun. <laughs> Well, that is just awesome because I don't know how many people listening to this have ever sung and played the piano at their performance review, but it's not what you expect. So that shows there was something different going on with your performance review yeah. conversation. Yeah. So I uh, look, it's it's big things, it's small things. Um, yeah, I, I like to push myself outside of my comfort zone um, and 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 try just new things, learn a language or try new flavor combinations, just challenge the way I think. So um, yeah, I, that's what I mean by that, the sense of adventure and it keeps it, keeps it fresh, yeah. 
Well, it's interesting because with our, one of our Lermasu member sessions recently, we were talking about psychological richness as a, a different form of life. So we've got our happy life and our meaningful life. But is there this other sort of form of psychological richness, which has a bit of drama, events, spontaneity, curiosity? And it sounds like that's something you really embrace. So um, for people listening, if you had to think about some of the key things that you've done about stretching yourself and the impact, even though you might have sort of been a little nervous, etc. What are some of the, the big and small things you've done, not just during COVID, but you've done to stretch and grow yourself and build your psychological richness? Oh, goodness me. All right. So uh, the first thing that pops into my head is I got an opportunity to audition for a, a musical once and, um, and I went, oh, yeah, not so sure about that. But anyway, then the director said to me, you have to wear circus stilts and play the role of a giant. And so you have to do the whole, and you have to dance on stilts. I went, never, never been on stilts in my life before. Done. Let's do that. Let's <laughs> so no hesitation. And I know you did this, but there was no hesitation. No, no, none, none. So, um, and, and it was really interesting. Um, and people said, weren't you, weren't you afraid of falling? And it was, and it was, I kind of had this mindset when I went into it to go, falling was never an option. So I just never put that into my brain. It was like, I was never, ever going to fall. I was something like nine feet in the air and I had a costume on. And there was one particular scene where I had to like jump over a jetty and we had to choreograph it, but I had kind of did this big roll over a jetty and somehow I went from standing to lying to standing again, nine feet in the air. But, <laughs> but I never fell because it was just never an option. You know, I didn't put that, the concept yeah. of falling into my brain. It was always, that's where I'm headed. That's what I'm doing. And I'm going to get there. Um, so yeah, so that was, that was a good one. And I, and I never did. And yeah, so. <laughs> so but what I love is when you told that story, you said, oh, when they asked you about Journey Musical, you were like, mm. but as soon as they said it was on stilts, you're like, awesome, never done it before. Let's give it a go. Yeah, yeah. During, during COVID, you also learned to speak Irish in an Irish accent and do six different characters. So is that a similar thing? <laughs> Very similar, indeed, yeah. So um, uh, I, I, there was a play that was happening, so people might be guessing, yes, yes, I come from a theatrical background. Um, but, yeah, it was a play. I've never really done many plays before, but this required... It was a two-person play and it was done with all, well, not all Irish accents, but uh, um, I had to play a nine-year-old Irish boy, uh, a teenager Irish boy, an old, a seven, like an 80-year-old Irish man, um, a, a, a young Irish woman. And they were like, I had to play eight different characters, I think it was, and go rapidly between them. So uh, it was just like, yeah, yeah, baby, this is my kind of show. I need to do this. I need to rapidly, because it's just, it's just out there. It's just like variety, man. I just like, I, I want to do this. And what, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> and what did go wrong tell us everything you, know, you must have stuffed <laughs> up at some point <laughs> so brendan the other actor who was there's only two hands 16 characters two actors uh there we worked out we got it right 50 percent of the time so <laughs> there were nights that it just went we would get to a particular point and we went i have no idea 
who I am, where I am in this play, what I'm doing, and just this moment of absolute terror. And we both experienced it and we'd look at each other and we'd go, so we would just go with it. There's no choice. There's a full, there's an audience there. So we just went with it. And the the audience just loved it when it went wrong because we had to improvise around it and then we would find a way and then we'd get back on track and suddenly we would, we would be back on track. And yeah. <laughs> so I wonder if there's a real metaphor in that for us from a life perspective. Um, sometimes in today's society, there seems to be this things have got to be perfect, you know, I don't know, online or I've got to look perfect. I've got to have my filters and whatever you. But I wonder if to your point of the audience loved it because they're with you. They kind of want you to succeed, but they love it when they stuff up and they love it when it's genuine. Mm. And I wonder if there's something sort of metaphorical about life here is it's it's authentic it's natural we do stuff up but if we can have the courage to go yeah okay we stuffed up but how do we get back up how do we have fun with it I don't know maybe there's something in that absolutely it, it just made us it, it made it more human it suddenly there was a real connection when we it was it's weird when when we actually really stuffed up the audience were with us they either didn't know we stuffed up and and just they went oh this is an interesting I'm just not making sense to me at the moment but you know when it was quite obvious that we stuffed up because <laughs> we we might have lost it or whatever you know they went with us you know and suddenly we what it did was to actually forge this real connection with the audience and then it made it really easy from that point forward you know we lost the stress of of doing the show because there wasn't a fair amount of stress to go what is next what am I doing next? And suddenly, you know, it was almost like we relaxed a little bit, you know, when we were able to go with the flow more and things came more naturally. So, yeah, it, it's an interesting phenomenon. So I, I agree with you. So that if we're imperfect, I think people relate to us a bit better. Yeah, I agree. And as a leader, you know, people going through various challenges that they've perhaps never had to face before in the last two years, there is something very authentic and human about somebody can go who can go as a leader. Do you know what? I'm not really sure what I'm doing right now, but together we'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, can help build those bonds even more strongly. Absolutely. So vulnerability as a leader, you know, is is really crucial, and humility as a leader, I think, is really crucial because we don't know everything. That's why we've got a team. That's why we've got we're the collective sum of the intelligence of the team. That's why we're there. So and 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 it's about harnessing harnessing the strengths that we have. And yeah, of, of course, you know, I, I ran, I was the manager of um, a technical team for a while. I was no, I had no idea about the actual technology, but I, you know, was able to manage the team and 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 help people to learn and grow and, and change through that. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that's dead on, that's spot on. So thinking about, you've mentioned strengths a few times, and obviously I know that you're um, very, uh, very much believe in that sort of whole strengths-based approach. So thinking about your own perspective, what strengths see you through when you're, you know, having a challenging time or things that life is difficult? Mm. Adventure is one of my top ones. Yeah, adventure is, is pushing the boundaries and taking a risk and then thinking to myself, you know, that degree of humility then comes in as well to go, you know what, I'm not that important. It, what does it really matter if this doesn't go right? It's, I, I don't think anyone's going to die if, if, you know, I do the wrong thing on stage or, you know, 
do I say the wrong thing here? Yeah, it's it, let's just let's just go there. Let's just be authentic. Yeah. So uh, humility, um, a, a adventure, and uh, spotlights there for me as well. In case you hadn't noticed, you know. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> But I also am strong on sort of, you know, the making a difference sort of um, uh, clusters of, of strengths, if you like. So I really like to actually make sure that anything I'm doing is making making a difference, uh, whether it be small or whether it be big, you know, as making a difference, you know. So at the moment, Sue, and this will be new to you, is um, at, uh, on the weekend, um, we're meeting a new puppy from we're going to adopt a new puppy so a rescue oh. and it's and it's like oh this poor this poor dog has you know needs a home and it needs some love and so we're going to make a difference to that now it might be small to some people it's massive you know to me but you know uh, as 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 well as bigger things to do with you know the climate um, etc which is why i was with my company i was was with for so long so yeah absolutely so i like to make a difference it's interesting you talked about the sort of the making a difference and for those people listening are often known as the mad cluster the making a difference cluster which is a mission legacy and service um and i totally relate to that scott because as you know we're fostering kittens at the moment um it's something we've done for a little while um and the reason we're fostering kittens at the moment is because of all the rain up here the shelter is anticipating being flooded again and they wanted to get the kittens out before the sort of flooding occurs and it's really amazing and again if I look at some of the things that we know are really good for well-being one is positive emotion because they give me huge amounts of joy when they're running around the house and snuggling you and being all gorgeous and affectionate and whatever you the other thing is the making a difference because I know that I'm making a difference to them of giving them a nice home and getting them ready and happy and prepared for their new eventual home mm. um and the other thing as well is um there's an element of um whether it's to do with kindness or meaning of making a difference to help the shelter and to help something bigger so i totally relate to that so thinking about meaning we know you know positive emotions is sort of one side of things but that meaning in life and that making a difference what gives you a sense of meaning in life so i and my mind just when you when you mentioned the words kindness and 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 adding meaning my mind suddenly went to my 50th birthday party and i you oh tell the story because <laughs> yeah i stole it from you so anybody who knows me they're now getting the, the straight from the horse's mouth so to speak i don't like that phrase but anyway <laughs> this, this and i'm giving it away here this is eight years ago now so this is a long time yeah. ago Yes, I know, right? You have given it away. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, this is rudimentary maths. <laughs> so, um, yeah, um, I, I love random acts of kindness. I, I love making a difference in, in people's lives in small ways that actually turn out to be much more impactful and much more meaningful. So, so for my fiftieth birthday, I've got everything I need in my life. Um, I don't need presents. I don't need physical things. So, um, I sat down and I said to Sam, um, who's my husband, to go, okay, what, what do we want to do for my 50th? And I said, well, I want to have a big party. I want to have a big party to get as many friends over as possible. Um, and so we did that and I don't want any presents. But what I did was to say, yes, come along to the party, but please, for a present, do something nice for someone else. Do a random act of kindness. Write down what you did in a card and then come along and pop it in the box, you know, when you arrive at the party. So people did that, um, except my mum. You know, she bought me a present. She didn't 
get it. But anyway, that's another story. <laughs> Thumbs for you. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the best, I, 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 I'll admit, I was pretty hungover the next day because it was a big party and, you know, it was, it went to, there was a band that was wee small hours of the, of the morning. The next day I started to open up my 149 random acts of kindness that were sitting in my little envelope. And I'll just share with you one that is one of my favorites because it has this ripple effect that knocks on. So my friend Shelly, uh, who lives in the city, she had an, a bike that she was about to throw out on hard rubbish and she didn't need it anymore. She was like, no, I'm gonna get rid of it. When she got the invitation, she said, I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go to, I'm gonna get the bike repaired and I'm going to give it to the refugee association who she had a contact with. So it goes to a, a refugee child. I was like, fantastic. So she went to the bike shop and she was getting, inquiring about getting it fixed. And she was telling the guy behind the counter why she was getting it fixed. And he went, that's amazing. I'm gonna fix your bike for free. There was a woman in the shop who was overhearing Shelley tell the story to the guy behind the counter and she went, that's so cool. Can I buy a lock to actually give to the child as well with, you know, the new bike? Shelley was, they were both beaming. This is like building and building. And then Shelley went home and, and then later she was telling her mum uh, that what had happened in the bike shop and Shelley's mum went, I'm going to buy a helmet and, 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 and give to this package. So what I got for my birthday was a photo of a young refugee kid on his revamped bike with a shiny new helmet and a bike lock. And I'm like, how cool is that? You know? And so it's, it's amazing. And, and, and then it had ripple effects and it had knock on effects because the guy from the refugee association had his 50th birthday coming up not long after, and he did the same thing. And then Yay! it just kept going. And so, so for my well-being, this is one of my little things on my ta-da list is one of my strategies. If I'm actually feeling a little bit low, I go to my little box of things that have meaning for me. And I look at, I made a difference there and, and look at that ripple effect. I didn't directly do it, but you know, people's lives are, are better for it. So, um, and that's just one, that's just one of the 149 things. Some people actually did 50 things instead of one thing. And they sent me a list of 50 things. <laughs> so yeah, so that, that's the stuff that I've done and, and love to love to do. And I got that from, from you, Sue. So it's come full circle because I learned random acts of kindness when I did the Deploying of Positive Psychology in 2014. Yeah, well, I'm going to give you a couple more ripple effects from here because you know that obviously uh, I did the similar thing for my 50th. I didn't want any gifts and I asked for the same. And um, like you, I didn't collect mine in a box, but I uh, put all mine in a book. So I've now got my RAK 50 uh, book that I've got all my stories in. What I need you to know is this week, just this week, two people 
equally diploma students who've heard the story. Um, one is doing a random act of kindness day. Her son passed away a few years ago, so it's the anniversary of his death. So she's asking everybody to do a random act of kindness for her son, Dylan. And another gentleman uh, over in the Philippines, who's also one of our diploma students, it's his 50th, and he is doing the same um, through his 50th year of asking people to do a random act. So there are ripple effects all over the place because of that, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, it's incredible. But you know, and, it, and that's amazing to hear. That's so amazing to hear. And um, but you know, you also think that you started that. You know, when I when I came and learnt that from you, which started our relationship as well, and and started our journey together. You know, all these years later. So it's 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 wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know that we could talk for a lot, lot longer, uh, but I also know we're sort of coming up to time. So I just thought I'd share. So one of the things um, for everybody listening where Scott and I started our journey um, was originally the diploma and then working together from a corporate space and creating these positive leadership programs, etc. And one of the things we always loved to do was go to the pub near your house with a bottle of wine, notepads, flip chart paper. And that's where we came up with our best work. So for everybody listening, Thing. you should know Scott and I are replicating this down Zoom with a glass of wine which I know you can't see and Scott's actually nearly drunk all his oh um, true <laughs> so that we can um replicate as much as possible uh the fun that we uh, always had down the pub and hopefully we can uh, we can uh, reinstate that at some point um Scott I'd love to have you back on our learn with Sue and friends or frolics uh as we go through but thank you for sharing a little bit and there's still so many things I want to ask you about um, all of those unique and special things from a personal perspective and get your insights also from that sort of HRL&D and think about perhaps what we can do for the future. Um, so we might get you back to talk about what does the future look like from a corporate perspective if we were to bring all these things to fruition. Fantastic. Love to. Thank you so much. And thank you, everybody, for listening to another one of our Walk and Talk podcasts. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have. Um, I hope you think about something you might be able to do to bring your strengths to life or stretch yourself. And for more of these conversations, um, either continue listening to our Lomasu Walk and Talk podcast, or if you want to join us as one of our special member sessions, please consider joining our global learning community, where you can hear from all sorts of global experts, live events, Events, courses, online research reviews, and much, much more uh, to continue being the best you can be. Thanks, everybody, and see you soon. Bye.